It's time for This Week in High School Baseball, sponsored by Henshaw Trailer Sales. If you need a trailer, you need to talk to Corwin Henshaw. If you need a horse trailer, you need a cattle trailer, you need to move your equipment, you want an enclosed trailer, you need a low boy, you need a dump trailer, Corwin Henshaw is the man, and he uh, is presenting, uh, again, this this uh, cycle of high school baseball. And We're on the coach with uh, one of the top-ranked teams in the state. I know they were ranked, I believe, ninth entering the week, and had a 4-0 week. Welcome to the program, uh, Levi Crawford. Lee Crawford, coach of the uh, uh, Sigourney Savages baseball team. Welcome back to the program, coach. Hey, thanks for having us, Round Guy. Appreciate your coverage. So you were at number nine, uh, I saw, I think, at the beginning of the week, and you had a 4-0 week and had a couple really impressive wins in that. Uh, uh, do you know where you where the coach's poll is or will it not come out till Monday? Uh, coach's poll comes out on Monday around noon, 1 o'clock. I think we were actually ranked 10th in that poll, and then I believe in the Iowa baseball one we were ranked 11th. So we're right, we're right there with some of the – the bigger programs, anyway. Well, I definitely saw a poll that had you ninth, too. So, okay. Oh, uh, and I think, you know, like I say, you had a couple of real big wins, but let, let's just go over the game, uh, the, the week's games one at a time and let our listeners know, you know, how, how, what the action was like this last week. Okay. On Monday, we, uh, on Monday, we have, uh, we had Koufax Mingo, um, came to town. Uh, we won the game 10 to 5. Uh, we were actually up eight to one to begin um, begin the game, and you know, game was well in hand. And then uh, they had one young man hit two home runs on our pitching, which kind of kept them in the game a little bit. And we kind of slowed down because we had jumped out to such a big lead that we lost our focus a little bit. But we ended up uh, getting the win ten to five on that one. Uh, Jake Moore was the winning pitcher. Clay Morris uh, pitched well in relief, and then we brought in. Uh, Max Phillips to finish the game, and I thought those three did a great job pitching and controlling the game, except for, you know, two big hits by by their leadoff hitter. Um, Tuesday, we traveled to North Tama, and uh, North Tama was leading the, the Iowa Star Conference. Uh, they were 8-3 and three at the time. We ended up seeing their number one and number two pitcher, I believe it was Capriva and McKinley, um, just because they had the day off before and they had the day off after. So they were able to use their one and two against us, which kind of, you know, it was really good for us to see that. We saw some better pitching, saw some better curveballs, and uh, saw better pickoff moves, that stuff. So I thought that really helped us improve uh, our game a little bit as a team, just because we were seeing uh, better pitching, so to say. Um, we used some timely hits. Uh, the kids really grinded it out on the base paths, uh, took advantage of a couple big hits. I know Max Phillips had had a big double to drive in a couple runs for us uh, early on in the game. Um, and we, we really just battled a lot of different elements in that game to, to pull out the 6-3 to three to win. Um, and that led us to, you know, one of the bigger games of the week for us was North Mahaska came to town. Um, they're coached by Kevin Kelderman, who – I believe he has over 400 wins now as a coach. Um, and we, we respect, uh, you know, his coaching, his teaching, all that stuff. Or his teams are usually very fundamental when they come in uh, and coach very well. And uh, they jumped out to a 6 to nothing lead on us. We had Bo Schmidt pitching. Um, 
and they jumped six runs on him right away. And then both both settled down and pitched uh, innings three through six. He didn't give up any runs. Uh, our defense, you know, started to, to light themselves up, and we're kind of thinking uh, Bo and the boys were probably a little tired from the from the van ride from the night before. But uh, you know, they they found their spark at the right time. They started to claw back. Uh, they scored two in the third, one in the fourth, one in the sixth to make it a six to four game. Um, and then, you know, in the bottom of the seventh, so we're down two, we get to, we get a walk. Uh, I believe we got one hit and we got another walk. And then, uh, the North Pasco pitcher balked in the tying run eventually to make it six to six. So run, it was runners on second and third. Uh, tie ball game, and then North Mahaska walked uh, Cade Molnex on purpose to make it bases loaded with one out, and Bo Schmidt came to the plate. Uh, in the first pitch, he line drived over the left field fence about 310, 315 foot for a grand slam home run to do uh, walk off the game, walk off the game winner. Um, and that was kind of exciting for us, you know, but a little, it was kind of the second time we've scored a lot of runs in the seventh inning, and um, you know, this team, you know, we've talked before about they can score runs from, you know, any part of our lineup. And it was just a, you know, a great team win as far as, you know, the kids, you know, getting back on the train and getting motivated and um, finding their life at the right times to, to win that game. Um, and then we ended the week last night with uh, we traveled to Montezuma. Uh, again, we had Jake Moore on the mound. I believe he's three and oh on the season now. And then we, uh, relieved him with Clay Morris again, and Clay Clay, I believe, I believe Clay and Jake only gave up three hits on the night, um, and Clay pitched uh, his two and two and two thirds innings. I believe he struck out four of those people, so he he had a really great finish on the mound last night. Um, and then we just we I think we pounded out sixteen hits last night and uh, ran the bases very well and. Uh, end of the game in the fifth innings to, to finish off our week. And then there was no JV game last night, so we were home kind of early. And I believe it was our freshmen that uh, decided they wanted to play some more. So they went and got a blitz ball game, and the whole team ended up playing blitz ball, you know, until I believe it was 10 o'clock when we finally left the field last night. So it was a little good team bonding in the week, and I was pretty proud of that. So it was a pretty good week. Especially after a week with four games, and uh, probably stretched out your pitchers. But uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about Bo Smith. The kid has the flair for winning games, being making the difference in games, being the player of the game. Uh, uh, you know, is he underappreciated, or are people really starting to take notice of Bo Smith? Um, you know, he's you know North Tama walked Cape Mullins get to Bo, and, and Bo got a base hit. North Mahaska did it, walked walked Cade to get to Bo Schmidt, and. You know, you've seen Bo pitch, and, uh, you know, Bo gives up the six runs, but then kind of settles in and settles down. And, you know, I, you know, Bo's, Bo's underappreciated as far as a ball player, I agree. And then I'll also add, I think we've got a couple more in that same boat. You know, we've got a lot of, a lot of good athletes uh, that play baseball for us. They're, you know, we, we do a number of different sports with a lot of them between football, wrestling, basketball, you know, track, golf. You know, we've got we've got some soccer kids. You know, we've we've got a bunch of good athletes. They just, you know, they love baseball and uh, they love to play baseball. But they they've made themselves into pretty good athletes, and you know, they don't always go out to, you know, all the showcases that colleges want to see because you know they're focusing on their other sports. So, 
Um, we've tried to tried to instill that in them that, you know, working on other sports is just as important and becoming a better athlete. So I, I agree with Bo. I think, uh, you know, I think some somebody's really missing out by not trying to grab it. Well, how many pitchers do you think you went through in this four-game stretch? How many pitchers? Yeah. Uh, we pitched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We pitched seven different guys this week. No, that's uh, that's really going deep into your pitching rotation or pitching, uh, you know, your bull, stretching was... your bullpen, stretching your rotation, and uh, playing excellent talent and uh, – being able to come back from behind and, you know, uh, uh, you know, get through some adversity. And, uh, yeah, I think you had a pretty good week. What do you think? Yeah, I think it was a pretty good week. I think, uh, you know, there's going to be, looking at our schedule, there's going to be some tough games next week. We have we start out with an HLV team that's going to have a pretty good pitcher. And, uh, you know, we'll see a Pleasantville team that's class 2A on Tuesday. Um, and then we have a really big game on uh, Wednesday at Linville Sully that they're both they're undefeated in our conference as well. And only have one loss on the season. And then, uh, you know, we get state ranked Don Bosco comes to Sigourney on Thursday. So it's a it's a pretty big week for us. That's that's a bit that's that's the definition of a big week. That yeah. might be uh, in the dictionary under big week, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but uh well, let's talk a little bit about your pitching last week. Who was some of your more standout pitching? Who do you want to give some credit to? Well, you know, Jake Moore went 2-0 and on the week. Uh, he pitched, I think it was like 62 pitches on Friday, and he had he was like 55 pitches on Monday. He had a pretty good week for us as a sophomore. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug another sophomore, Reed Molnex. Um, you know, pitched uh, in relief up at uh, – North Tama, he was scheduled to start, but got a bloody nose right before I was talking to the umpires. So we had to, you know, pull him off the card and bring him in later. But he pitched four innings and, you know, and struck out nine guys and only gave up one hit. He was he was really on point for us um, up at North Tama. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, our relief pitchers of, uh, you know, Clay Morris and Ty Shafronik got his first, first taste of relief pitching this week and struck out the side and, you know, then we got we got a couple seniors, you know, and Levi and Bo that, you know, plug along and do their thing, and you know, it was just it was a good work work week for our pitching staff, and we got a lot of success out of it. So who was some, who was some of your RBI guys? I always think that's the biggest thing is you know what a guy does with runners on base. You know, can he deliver? Who, who's uh, who's knocking in some runs last week? Uh, Max Phillips had a good week. He was out of our sixth spot. Um, he had a good week early on, uh, hitting, he was on fire, hitting some, driving some people in and obviously, you know, Bo, Bo, and then, uh, really the top two probably are Kate Molnix, our three hitter. Uh, he's, he's got good back contact as far as driving in people. I think he's got 18 RBIs on the season in 10 games. Uh, and I believe Kate Striegel's right there kind of with him as far as RBIs go. We just got a, we've got a number of guys around guy that can. Have, we'll have what I call good bat contact, and they'll put the bat on the ball and, and put it in play and make something happen. You know, Molnix and Striegel and Bower and, and Phillips are probably our top guys to do that. Well, I, I mean, uh, Scott and Melvin and I have, you know, been out there and we've, we're, we're, we've seen three or four other games. Uh, and we noticed uh, the team that makes the fewest mistakes wins, you know. It's yes. The, the team yep. that doesn't walk batters, the team that doesn't uh, – 
doesn't fumble the ball in the outfield, doesn't let the balls get through in the infield. They're the, you know, just make those routine catches. You know what I mean? That routine pop-up, it doesn't get dropped. Stuff like yep. that, that seems to win the games. And both Scott and I think that your team makes the least mistakes. Well, that's kind of what we preach in practice. You know, we try to, you know, we don't necessarily, you know, put a lot of pressure on, on you know, if they make a mistake, we're, we're more or less, you know, we practice to, try to make sure we're perfect uh, in, in knowing what we're doing with the ball and what we're doing with the baseball. And, um, you know, and I don't, I don't know if we're any different than any other kids, but these seniors have played played baseball since they were, you know, nine years old together going to tournaments on the weekends. And we, we've got a lot of that going on with some of our other classes, but um, a lot of our kids have played, you know, together and they kind of know each other and they've been hanging out together and they – I think that's, that plays a huge part in our defense as far as uh, the trust level of if a ball is hit somewhere, they know that someone's going to take care of it and they'll, they'll get the out. So We're going to have some opportunities to see your team uh, this week. It looks like you've got another full schedule. T- tell us where you're playing and maybe when we could catch a game at home. All right. Uh, we are actually at home four times this week in Sigourney. So on Monday, we played home versus eight, a good HLV team. They'll have a good pitcher for us. I know I know they'll be prepared for us. Uh, Tuesday, we're at home versus Pleasantville. Um, former player of mine is their head coach, Sheldon Card. And uh, he'll bring his – they're a Class 2A team, so they're coming to town. Uh, Wednesday, we travel to Linville Sully for a you know an undefeated in-conference matchup right now. Um, they're – they're a very good ball club as well. They only have one loss on the season. It'll be a tough matchup for us as well. Thursday, uh, uh, state-ranked Don Bosco comes to town. Uh, I believe they're ranked like sixth or seventh in the state. Uh, we played them at their place last year. They're returning the favor. Um, that was a four-to-two ball game at their place last year. They beat us. So that'll be you know a highly highly contested game. And then Friday, I believe we are home versus BGM. Geez, there's a lot of good chances to see you. I might come yep. to one of those games, providing your concession stands has hamburgers. I don't know if we have hamburgers or a hot dog. We, we might be hot dogs. Might be hot dogs. Well, I might have Man. to make do that night with uh, make an exception for the quality. <laughs> but uh, I've been having a pretty good run at uh, the concession stands around, and uh, so I've been enjoying, enjoying the, the food. Best, who's the best one? Oh. Uh, well, I have to say, we went and seen the, the Washington Demons were there, and I don't know this is something that they do all the time, but they have these flame-broiled burgers. Uh, Federation Bank was there making them special. They were they oh, okay. were good. In Fairfield, they had uh, uh, sweet and saucy, so I had a brisket sandwich. It was pretty good. But uh, Oh, my. I had both a pork patty and a hamburger at uh, um, in Kyoto, and uh, – uh, I thought I had ketchup, but I had pecani sauce, but it actually made it taste a little better. Uh, oh, okay. Kind of an exciting taste. No, I've been pretty pretty happy with, with uh, all of it, to be honest with you. But I have to say awesome. that that flame broiled burger, it was a nice thick burger and it had some kind of real good seasonings on it. And <laughs> Scotty Melvin and I were uh, pretty impressed, impressed with, that. With, with that one. But, uh, That's awesome. He went to Winfield. Uh, uh, he said they had some pretty good smelling food, but all I got was a Mountain Dew. But uh, – <laughs> He's pretty c- conscious about what he puts into his body, except for Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, it's been great talking to you, Coach. I meant to do this in 10 minutes, but uh, you had so many games in such a big week, it took 16. But 
No, it's all good. It's well, all good. Uh, we've been talking to the Sigourney Savages coach. Give us a little update on last week and this week. Hang in there. I've got some more interviews for you, a couple of the coaches and uh, some uh, media members to talk to and a special guest. Thanks for being with us, Coach. Yep, thanks for having us, Ron Guy. I appreciate it. Welcome back to This Week in High School Baseball, uh, presented by Henshaw Trailer Sales at Richland, Iowa. We're on the phone with uh, the coach of the Kyoto uh, Chiefs, right? Or Eagles, yep. the Kyoto Eagles. So uh, welcome to the program, Coach Dakota. Yep, thank you for having me. I'm always glad to be back on here. So it uh, sounded like you had a, a really great week. Uh, how, how, did, how did it shake out for you? Well, we uh, started out with Brooklyn, their BGM, and uh, they always play us tight. I mean, it doesn't matter what team they have. They always play us really, really tight. So um, end up winning that one eighth inning, uh, four to three, when the extras on that. And uh, it's kind of funny because you look at the, the stat categories, and we won every stat category by just buttloads. But we ended up uh, leaving 18 guys on base that game, which you can't really win a lot of games when you leave 18 guys on base. So we're pretty thrilled to even just you know just come away with a win on that one. And then uh, next game we had was on Thursday, and we played uh, played Avil Blakesburg, who was ranked in uh, two-way. And we came away with a win on that one, four to two. And we had them. We had. I mean, it was, it was a pretty good game there too. It was. It was a tough fought one. And uh, yeah, it was a. It was a good game, and uh, mostly dominated by pitching. And that one, Colton, pretty well dominated pitching, pitching wise. And then we. Uh, then they started to kind of get some, some rhythm going there in the seventh, but uh, we still closed it out and played good at the end. And then uh, last night we played uh, Colfax, and uh, Colfax came to town and, I mean, played pretty pretty well. They threw uh, two kids that are pretty good pitchers against us and ended up scoring five, and we held them scoreless. So we won five nothing. so it's been a good week for us so far. Well, that's pretty outstanding. You you won three three out of four last week and three games this week. What's that bring your record to? Uh, we're ten three right now. Ten. Is that how about in the conference? Oh, uh, shoot! I'm not even sure. I, I know we've lost one. I think we're six and one. I think we're six and one in conference right now. Uh, let me see here. I got a guy calling in. Just a second. Uh, Okay, so anyway, uh, sorry about that. Uh, so you, you're, yeah. So, uh, well, how how many pitchers did you use this week? Um, we use the same four that we usually use. We've been pretty consistent with our four pitchers. We usually have we got three really really good starting pitchers, and then we got a kid who comes in and closes closes the uh, the game for us. So we've got uh, our four pitchers. Pretty much what we're doing. Well, we're talking to Dakota Combs, coach of the Kyoto Eagles. They're having an outstanding season. Uh, was there a pitcher or two that uh, we should talk about that, that really had an outstanding week? Um, I think really, really all the pitchers did a fantastic job. I mean, the, the, I think we gave up uh, three earned runs the entire week. And we only given up three earned runs and you're, you know, coming out on top of games. I mean, it's 
that's that's the big one for us. So uh, now I think Aiden Anderson pitched really really well, and uh, he pitched last night, and then Colton Flairhan pitched really really well against uh, against um, Eddieville to, finish, to help us win that one, and Caden uh, Clarahan pitched really really well against Brooklyn helps win that one, and then Aiden McGuire came in and closed the uh, BGM game and the uh, and the Colfax game. So, I mean, it's it's big to have a kid who can come in and finish the game out, even even if it's just one inning. It's still a huge help for us to have. Well, how about the defense? Anybody uh, shine on the defensive side of the ball? Um, Tanner Waterhouse had an amazing catch. I mean, it was it was one of those balls that I mean, he was full on laid out and. I mean, snow coned it with his glove. I mean, full extension. It was it was one of the I mean, probably the best catch of the year for our team right now. And then uh, we have another one similar to that off of uh, Eddieville that Colton Clarion had coming off the mound. And then other than that, I mean, we're just I mean, they're just pretty solid routine plays of what we've had so far this 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 last week. So, so the the defense is is steadily improving through the season, huh? Yes, I mean it's, it's night and day difference between uh, how they how they played, you know, early on and how they're playing now. I mean, we're we're a different team than we were, than we were early on. So we're, really we're, get, we're getting a lot of reps. games and a lot of reps and the repetition and the, the all the field the feeling just gets better. And uh, I'm seeing that in the games that I'm seeing as the weeks go by, the feeling yeah. definitely gets better. And I'm I'm seeing some of these amazing plays that you're talking about. Well, who was the the guy driving in the runs? Who who uh, who had the big week with the bat? You know, it's kind of been spread out quite a bit. Um, it, it's it's kind of hard to say who's driving the runs. We we've had different people step up every game. I mean, we're, we've had two or three games that we've had everybody but one or two kids get a hit or two hits, and then you may you're switching you know, who those one or two kids don't get the hit out. So it's kind of hard to say who's driving the runs because it's just – it's been a, really a team effort right now. Which, so it's it's been pretty even. Well, anybody had any extra base hits or anything in the crucial situations? Uh, well, you know, we're, <laughs> we're not a real powerful team. <laughs> um, I think uh, – I think uh, Caden Clarahan had a double. And I think um, – I think Aiden Anderson and Caleb Waterhouse both had doubles too. Well, sounds like sounds like those guys are having a phenomenal week. Now, what what are the chances for us to see your team next week? Um, well, we've got a tough schedule next week. Um, it, it, it's going to be great. So, uh, we got um, North Mahaska on Monday, and then we have uh, Montezuma on a makeup uh, game on Tuesday. Then we go HLV at HLV on Wednesday, and then uh, we come back home and finish off with uh, Linville Sully, who's at the top of the conference too. Oh, well, yeah, they're, they're a tough team too. Boy, uh, yeah. that North Mahaska team I, I hear has a little fight in them. Oh, yeah. So we, we, we're playing the uh, other side of our conference's two best teams next week. So I would argue that might even be the three best teams over there on the side of the conference next week. So it would be – it, it, it's going to be a tough game to, to play here, or a tough week for us. What what are, are you said? You're home Monday and Tuesday. We're home on Monday and we're home on Friday. 
home Monday and Friday. Is, is Colt yep. Clarehan going to pitch any, either one of those home games? Um, he'll he'll probably pitch on Friday. So, yep. Okay. And and who are you playing on Monday? Colt, oh, North Mahaska. North Mahaska. Well, that'll be a good game. I might sneak up there and see that one. Uh, but uh, uh, it was a great talking to you. Is there anything we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to? No, I think that we pretty well covered it. I mean, we're having a really good season. I'm just I'm really happy with how everything's turned out for our What, what time are the games, the home games, Monday and Friday? Um, six o'clock. Six o'clock. So it sounds like a, a, a great time. You got a great place to see a game. Uh, me and Scotty Melvin are just we're just floored by how much we enjoyed it. So thanks for being with us this week. Uh, we appreciate you being on. Yep, and I'm glad to be on here. Thanks, okay, thanks for inviting so, me. Uh, we got a, a couple more interviews coming up and a special guest. So th- thanks, uh, thanks for your time. Uh, stick around. We've got a couple more interviews. Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. It's Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa presents this week in high school baseball. Uh, we're on the phone with a guy that might know uh, Corwin Henshaw a little bit, Lee Munts. Welcome back to the program, Lee. Hey, Dave, I appreciate it. Glad you had me on. Yeah, Corwin and I were uh, riding buddies during my retirement now. I get to go on road trips down to Kansas, up to Michigan, down into Missouri, just wherever he's got to get a trailer picked up or uh, delivered. He'll go to hell and back for a trailer, won't he? <laughs> yeah, you got that right. And this week sounds like uh, the weather's going to feel like that. <laughs> well, uh, we wanted to have you as a special guest on this week, on this week in baseball, because uh, – you might have a bird's eye view of a particular player that uh, is actually a softball player, but she may be one of the best hitters in the state. Uh, uh, tell us about Hannah Simpson. Well, a senior's had an outstanding career in her senior year. Is off to a great start in 14 games. She's batting 524 with six owners, seven doubles, and 26 runs batted in, helping Fairfield off to a 9-5 and five start. And they're ranked in the top 10 in that class 4A, they were uh, as high as I believe six to start. They're down a couple of spots to number eight, but uh, she is just a tremendous player. Yeah, uh, she uh, hit a, you were, you and your dogs were up there. Uh, you had a pretty good spot where you could see both, uh, both fields, but you're close to this pavilion that they had, and uh, she bounced one off of the, the roof of that. Uh, yeah, it the went on the roof, and that was in the first game of the doubleheader. Second game, she had one over the center field fence it landed basically the slope leading down to the baseball field i think it was even farther than that first one and then she comes up in the seventh inning after washington has scored three in the top of that inning to take an 11-8 lead she steps up with two aboard one out and rocks uh, one over the left center field fence to tie the game at 11 and then fairfield got runners to the second and third they walked uh, daniel breen to bring up emerson manley and emerson that a grand slam to walk it off 15-11 in that second game. It was a crazy uh, uh, situation there. Well, uh, you know, they, they've got this new field there. Uh, the first time I've been there to the middle school, uh, you know, it was uh, out there by the uh, other end of town when I was uh, playing ball. But uh, I was wanting to know, when, when she hit that pavilion, did that get your dogs a bark in there? Or? <laughs> yeah, I think they were – they were thinking there's a hail the size of softballs falling. Because <laughs> that was a pretty loud thump. I mean, uh, yeah, it uh, was. So, it was. Uh, 
you're 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 looking. Uh, you, you go to a lot of ball games now that you're retired. Uh, tell me what you're seeing. Uh, what kind of athletes are we looking at in the Southeast Conference there? Well, I, obviously, I primarily follow Fairfield, so I can't really tell you about the other teams in the league. But the Trojans, uh, as far as the baseball side of things, there's a freshman, Casey Miller. He's uh, the son of the wrestling coach Steve, and he's off to a good 362 start with uh, four doubles and. Uh, I tell you what, he's uh, playing real well for the Trojans. They're eight and seven right now. Uh, Connor Lyons was uh, a three fourteen hitter. Nate Woodburn has uh, four doubles uh, on the season. In fact, uh, Connor Lyons, I believe, also, or actually, uh, Casey Miller has uh, four doubles as well. And then Nate Smithberg is the top pitcher for the Trojans. Uh, he's a senior, three and one with uh, four games. Uh, three of them starts. He's uh, got thirty-one strikeouts in twenty-two innings. A point six four ERA, opponent average of one eleven. He's really just uh, a lefty. Throws in the eighties and got a real nice fastball and overpowers people. Yeah, he. Uh, we watched him pitch. Uh, he had a good defense behind him. He he was a. Uh... Well, it didn't seem like he was trying to strike everybody out, but he was staying in the strike zone. And I, I think just the fact that he was left-handed, it gave the Washington hitters a little little, uh, little trouble just with that aspect of it. Exactly. And then Tate Allen, the junior, is 2-2 uh, two and two on the season and four starts. Uh, he's got 24 innings with a 3.21 ERA. See, so looks like a 221 opponent average, 28 strikeouts. So uh, does a nice job with only four walks. He's good on Control Tate is a the kid who this year took over as the uh, starting quarterback for the football program last fall, and I think he's really setting up for a great senior season. I mentioned Connor Lyons. Well, he's also one of the top pitchers, uh, one two uh, right now with three starts, fourteen innings, twenty two strikeouts, uh, two forty one opponent average, uh, three ERA. He's uh, probably the number three starter. You got Nate Smithberg, Kate Allen, and Connor Lyons. And Connor, by the way is going to Southeastern Community College to pitch for them uh, coming up this fall. And Hannah Simpson, going back to her on the softball side, heading off to Indian Hills Community College. I'm very excited to play for uh, Coach Lindsay over there at IHCC in Ottumwa. Yeah, we're seeing the, uh, the shortstop, I believe, uh, for Washington. Uh, he was a great basketball player, too. He's got a, a scholarship. Uh, uh, a kid from Kyoto. Uh, Cam Buffington, he's, he's got a scholarship to SEC there in Burlington. So. Well, great. So he'll be a future teammate of, the, of Connor Lyons from Fairfield. Yeah, so there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, kids advancing uh, through the baseball. There's a lot of good baseball going on. It seems like uh, from the games that I've seen, the team that makes the fewest mistakes uh, seems to win the game. It's just... Uh, That's it, so true. It just seems like every time you make a mistake in, in high school baseball, you pay for it, don't you? Yeah, and also if you don't walk people, uh, you keep yourself out of jams and situations because uh, it seems like if you walk a guy, invariably he comes around to score or gets gets hit by a pitch. They that's one thing you got to have pitchers that throw strikes and like you say, defense that makes the plays behind you, and that's uh, the formula to have successful baseball well, and softball. Yeah, and I think uh, the Smithburg kid he only walked one, uh, and his. His opponent was a Striegel from Washington. He uh, yeah. he pitched a great first inning, and then the second inning, he just couldn't throw strikes. And, you know, uh, and the game gets there, away. Yeah. There's a couple twins on that team. I can't. The six boys, uh, their dad is Aaron, 
No, I'm, uh, I'm talking about on the Fairfield team. Uh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, you got the Woodburns. The Woodburns, yeah. Uh, yes, yes. And I, I can't Brad, remember which kid, yeah. which kid it was. It might have been Brandon, but, uh, you know, he come up in a real crucial at-bat with two outs and the bases loaded, and they had a three-run lead. And uh, he hits a little pop foul down the first baseline that was just barely missed by the pitcher and the first baseman and the catcher. They just all almost got to this ball. And then on the next pitch, like often happens when you miss a foul ball, he drilled a, a nice little uh, double, you know, uh, out in the gap in left field. And uh, right. he cleared the bases, you know what I mean? And I, I just thought he was, uh, you know, I, I felt like that made him the player of the game, you know, because that went from a, you know, three-run game can easily be overcome, but a six-run lead is a is a different beast. And uh, yeah. There was also a Hayes kid that uh, played left field that made the, the best play I've seen any any player make all season long. So Evan Haynes, yeah, senior, you're right. He made a diving catch that was spectacular. Oh my God, he was in left field. The ball was uh, slicing towards uh, center field, you know, away from him, and he just covered an unbelievable amount of ground. And he he left his feet and just snow coned that bad boy just before it hit the ground. That was a that was, I'd say that was, uh, I thought that was the best play I'd seen. So, I mean, whether you're coming to a game and uh, uh, I think the first game was nine to one and the second game was two to one, you know, but there's always great play. If you're just watching, you know what I mean? You're watching those athletes, you're watching the shortstop make a great play. You watch the first baseman dig one out of the dirt. You watch this Hayes kid uh, leave his feet and catch a ball in the outfield. It's just always entertaining action, isn't it? Yeah, and that's the thing. High school sports, the uh, the kids are given that effort, and they're just out there playing for the the fun of the sport. It's not like they're getting any money or you know thinking about uh, you know <laughs> what what car you're going to go out and buy and all that kind of stuff. It's it, you know they're really doing it for the love of the game, and, and especially I was the only state that plays baseball and softball, high school baseball and softball during the summer. Uh, so it's it takes a commitment. They're giving up a summer to play this high school sport. And, of course, it's the only sport where you can play five years. You can play after you've completed your eighth grade year as an incoming freshman. Then after you've graduated as a senior, you get that extra year of eligibility, so to speak. You know, a lot of the coaches I've talked to says they have a lot of players that are involved in a lot of spring sports. Maybe they're in golf. Maybe they're in soccer. Maybe they run track or something. And it seems to really cut into, you know, it brings them, you know, into the season without much practice or maybe into, into the season, into the second or third game of the season. And it takes some of those players a little little time to catch up to these 85, 89, 92-mile-an-hour fastballs that we're seeing in this league. Oh, you're right. That's a good point That uh, because we have, I think it's four sports at Fairfield High School in the spring, uh, golf, soccer, tennis, and, of course, track and field. And that's a lot of the kids are at the size of uh, school that Fairfield is. They're playing one of those spring sports. So, yeah, they do get that uh, slower uh, slower start to the high school baseball and, and softball season. Wanted to mention the uh, softball pitcher for Fairfield. She's a junior, Cody Engel, and she's also a good hitter, 390 average right now. But uh, she's 7-2. and two. Uh, let's see, She's uh, got a, like just under 3 ERA, 2.96. 65 strikeouts in 56 and two-third innings and on an average of 190. So she's really, when she's got her control, uh, she is 
tough to hit. And I, when she took over for Allison Rambling here a couple of years ago, see Allison, I, maybe Allison's only been gone one year. So Cody was the primary starter last year and then this year. But I didn't see her as being a strikeout pitcher in my mind. And now that she's got that number one spot, she is a strikeout pitcher. She gets more than uh, 10 per game. <laughs> That's enough, I would think. It, yeah. uh, there was a girl in Sigourney that pitched in a 12-inning extra inning game, and she got 25 strikeouts. You ever heard of anything wow. like that? You know, it's funny because I remember back when I first started watching softball way back in like the uh, 80s and, and 90s, there was pictures, uh, there was a Con Gable for Winfield Mountain. Yeah, I think it was Trish Con Gable. And there was a Brick girl, spelled B-R-U-E-C-K for Burlington, Notre Dame. And they would go like 10, 11 innings head-to-head, and it would be 0-0-1-1 games. And no, no pitch count in softball. You know, not have to worry about that because more natural uh, movement. But, oh, yeah, they'd strike out, you know, like two out of every three batters and it generally be like you mentioned earlier, an error that would end up deciding those games. You know, uh, well, when you retired and stepped down as the sports director there at uh, KMCD, a young man named Nathan Piercy stepped up and uh, is calling the games now. Well, what do you think of, of this young man? Nathan's doing a nice job, and everybody said, you got big shoes to fill. I said, hey, Nathan, they're only size nine, so <laughs> go out and, and make uh, make your, your mark. And I said, just have fun with it, because that's the thing. Like I told people, if I just could do play-by-play of games on the radio, I probably would have gone another 20 or 30 years, but it was all the extra multimedia stuff that I didn't enjoy. But it, when I go to a game broadcast, or when I did, it wasn't work. That was that was just going to have fun. I mean, I got paid to be at a game. I, I couldn't beat that. Well, I talked to Cole Cook of KCII, who was a broadcast. I talked to Nathan. Then I talked to Cole about the second game. And, uh, you know, he was driving home after a doubleheader. And, uh, you know, you could tell by talking to him, you know, he, he was kind of tired. And it was kind of a late night. And he had to get up early. He says, sometimes I don't get get to, get to bed till about 2 in the morning. And then the... Seems like a blink of an eye, and the next day's already started. Uh, yeah, uh, you remember a little bit of that yourself, don't you? No question about it. Yeah, in fact, it got to uh, the point later in in the uh, broadcast years, I would only do the first game of doubleheaders in baseball and softball because it just it, it is a grind to broadcast two games on, on baseball and softball because they're just so much talking in those sports. There's obviously a lot more fill time. It's not like the ball is in play uh, the, the whole time. So yeah, you got you got rain delays. You got you know nine to nothing in the two inning in the second inning. You know, and you yeah. got to just come up with stories to talk uh, to talk to keep the audience listening and keep them interesting. You exactly. know, it's probably got to be kind of a challenge. But you were a, a you were a star at that. Uh, well, I appreciate it, and of course, it helped that I I was here long enough after the first few years that I got to know families and I'd be able to tell stories about, you know, some, some stuff out of the sports and just be able to share some fun, fun facts about the kids. Well, we're talking to Lee Munch, who's a retired uh, sports director from KMCD in Fairfield. Uh, tell me about some of the, the you know, the, the Fairfield uh, uh, park is a really nice experience. And like, uh, if you sit in the right place, you can see both games and, there's different levels and there's some nice seating. And then I see you, 
you had the uh, sweet and saucy come in and cater. So that was kind of nice uh, with the food truck. But tell me yeah. some of the other uh, ballparks in the Southeast Iowa Conference that you that you thought were nice and that you enjoyed to go to. I tell you, Keokuk in recent years, they built uh, Joyce Park north of town, just a couple of miles north of the city limits. And it's, it's got the baseball and softball a little bit farther apart, but you can easily walk from one to the other and follow. Uh, like if you got kids on both teams, you can you know, maybe catch each one of them when they're batting. I remember when Austin Simpson was uh, playing a few years back and Hannah was coming up and her folks, of course, would uh, like it where they could be able to watch both kids play on at the same park. Uh, Mount Pleasant's got uh, a you know good ballpark out there, Maple Leaf Athletic Complex, Washington, a couple nice diamonds, but they're up on the uh, either side of the school. Really, it's it's not as easy to you know pro- progress from one diamond to the other. Or Madison's a good setup. It's it's got both diamonds pretty close together. Same with Burlington, Atoma. Uh, you know, Houston Field is just loaded with tradition the only problem is uh during the summer you get down there with all those tall trees there's not much air movement so on hot days it it feels hot down there at Houston field and then the baseball course legion field is a just a fabulous facility and, and so that's pretty much the ones here in southeast iowa that come right to mind the smaller uh, schools you know both pekin and van Green county as well as cardinal they, they've got nice time i heard cardinal improve their softball facilities. I got to get over there. I think I'm, they've got a tournament next Saturday, including peaking among the teams. I'll have to flip over there and check it out. Well, we've been talking to Lee Munz on This Week in Baseball, sponsored by Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Was there anything you, you wanted to talk about that you didn't get a chance to? No, Dave, I just would encourage uh, people to get out and have, have fun. Go to the ballpark and support the kids and I heard somebody yelling at the Empire the other night. I think there was playing Williamsburg, and there was a, a situation came up, and the coaches and the Empires were talking, and this, this one guy was yelling at the, uh, you know, this is blah, 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 the rule is this, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? They need umpires, so if you're willing to get your license, go out there and, uh, and take a spot on the field, because that's one thing we are hurting with uh, baseball and softball umpires and then uh, referees for the other sports, because – not you're, a lot of people want to do it. Your uh, co-pilot there, Nathan Piercy, did a really nice story about the, the umpire shortage. And, uh, again, you can catch that on uh, KMCD's website if you go down and look at it. But it was really one – he has some of the most uh, pertinent information about it and, the, and the, what a crisis it is. And he has all the numbers of, you know, how many fewer umpires there are and how many are over 50, you know. Yeah. And you, you yeah. get over 50 and your knees start to hurt and it's just not as – not as easy to do, so uh, that's another another aspect of it. Well, uh, we're we're running a little over time, so we're gonna let you go and keep this uh, uh, episode going because we, we talk to different coaches and different media. But you you were a, a, a special guest, and it was a privilege to talk to you, Lee. I enjoyed it, Dave, and we'll catch up again sometime. Well, thanks a lot. Well, welcome back to Round Guy Radio. It's Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa presents high school baseball and this week in high school baseball. Uh, we've got uh, Andy Crutzinger of the Southeast Iowa Union Sports Editor. Welcome back to the program, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me again. So you were at a whole bunch of games this week. So why don't we just uh, hear about those games and I'll ask you a couple uh, questions about some teams maybe you didn't see. 
first, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I'll just go in order because I started my week on Monday. I was in Mount Pleasant. They played uh, Keokuk for one of those SEC doubleheaders. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it's the the Southeast Conference is besides Burlington's real good, but the other teams are pretty pretty similar to each other. And um, Keokuk and uh, Keokuk and Mount Pleasant were both pretty down last year. Keokuk was even more down, but but they're both definitely picking it up. And um, I was impressed with, with Keokuk. Um, both games went right down to the wire. Uh, in game one, it was it was pretty high scoring, and um, Mount Pleasant won, I believe, nine to eight. Um, and in the seventh inning, which is the top of the seventh, because it was in Mount Pleasant, uh, Keokuk had the bases loaded with two outs, so so it, it, it was really went right down to the final at bat there. And then um, almost the total opposite happened. In game two, uh, Keokuk had a little lead. Actually, Keokuk actually was, uh, Mount Pleasant led 2-0 early. And Keokuk just kind of scrapped back and scrapped back, and they had a, a short lead there towards the end. And, and Mount Pleasant uh, had a couple of opportunities to, to push a couple through, but um, Keokuk ended up winning that one by um, a run, I believe. So um, so it's just more, the big schools going against each other, a lot of these one-run games. So um, I'm not impressed with Keokuk and uh, Steve Worcester, who, uh, um, used to be an umpire he's, he's taken over that program this is his first year coaching and they're doing pretty pretty good for a first year under him and so um and then on that that was um my sec game I'll, actually i'll just jump to thursday and, and do the sec teams first because i also saw uh, fairfield washington which i know is the round guy game of the week and um you know fairfield fairfield's arms were really good on thursday and nate smith burke who's, who's their number one um he's one of the one of the toughest kids to face in the in the conference, he was really really strong. And in fact, um, they won out. I think nine to one. So he he will probably pitch against Mount Pleasant on Monday because I don't think that he went over the innings limit. And then Tate Allen pitched, uh, um, I believe, a complete game in in game two. And, and Fairfield had to win that one at the at the buzzer there. They won it in the bottom of the seventh um, on a uh, on a wild pitch. Uh, Con- Connor Lyons got on and uh, got over to second, and then. Uh, it wasn't a wild pitch, sorry. It was a uh, um, Lions took, well, it was kind of a wild pitch. He, he took third on a, a wild pitch or a fastball or whatever. And, um, catcher tried to throw him out, and it got past the third baseman. So um, Fairfield was able to win that one um, by by a run. So um, the way that the conference, that conference is shaking out, I would say that Burlington is is quite a bit above the other, the three A teams there, you know, Fort Mass and Keokuk, Mount Pleasant, Washington, and Fairfield. But those other five are, are pretty close, and uh, I would say that uh, the one team that hasn't gotten the breaks is Washington. They've only won one conference well, game. Uh, and before lost. we move on from that Washington game, there was a kid named Vetter, I think his uh, name was, there on the Washington team. And in the first game, he hit a ball off the top of the wall uh, real close to home run, and then he pitched a, a just fabulous in the second game too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, well, and they really needed him in that second game to pitch well because – um, they just, for some reason, just, you know, sometimes no matter how good you are, the ball just doesn't kind of bounce your way. And I think that's what's happening with those guys. And uh, they have some good arms. I mean, between Slagle and Better and uh, Ethan Patterson, who almost beat Fort Madison the other day, uh, they, I mean, they have good arms and they have an experienced team. You know, it's just, when you have so many close games, the odds are one team's going to get the, the short straw, you know, more times than not. And then Washington just happens to be that team. They just keep losing run, you know, games by a run, games by two runs. I think they, you know, they had four Madison had to tie it up uh, on Monday against him in the, with two outs in the seventh. They tied it up and now they beat him extra well, innings. Uh, is it the girl's name Hannah Simpson or something? 
the, the yeah for Fairfield. Yeah, she hit a home run up against the uh, oh, there's like a a little little picnic area with the with the metal shed on it. Seemed like she hit the roof of that shed. It was just a yeah tremendous well, crash. It's funny because they actually that used to be the concession stand bathroom. Um, and they knocked it down to build a new one this year. So this is the first year that she hasn't had a concession stand to hit with her with her mini homers. And she hit she hit three home runs in that softball game or in that um, in that softball doubleheader against Washington. Two of which hit the you know the people that were watching the the baseball game. And then the third um, Washington was up three going into the Fairfield Classic. Bat. She had a three run homer to tie it up. And then uh, Emerson Manley um, hit a good walk off the ring. So, I mean, you don't see, you see that very often, whether it's high school baseball or softball. I was at the Fairfield tournament um, today, and she had, she had another home run. So, um, she, she, she's been varsity since she was in eighth grade. I don't know how many career home runs she has, but um, she's just, uh, you know, launches them out. You know, when she gets all of it, it just it just flies. And so, she's going to college to play. So, well, I she, see she'll, why she'll be good for years to come. I see why Lee Munz positions himself to right where he can see both games. Yeah, isn't Fairfield nice? You know, uh, as far as the the places that you know we watch games at, um, there are just a few places where you can kind of do that. A Cardinal is a place that you can do that. You can stand right in the middle. New London's not too bad. There's a little space in between. Um, but I really like how you can sit there on the hill in Fairfield and kind of watch both games, especially when there's two doubleheaders going on. And, and in that, in our case on Thursday, they were pretty pretty competitive doubleheaders too. Yeah, and that girl, she might be the best hitter in the whole state, either side of the gender, I guess. Yeah, well, she's. I mean, she's she's been an all stater for a couple of years, and I I would not be surprised if she ends up first team. I mean, she's she's putting up numbers, um, you know. And uh, Fair, the Fairfield softball team is really dangerous. They're number seven in Class Four A. They're probably one of our more likely teams to. To go to state, I would say they're probably one of the mm, maybe three teams that we cover in the union that I would expect to at least be in that sub-state um, well, final, you know, with as much talent as they have. Yeah, Fairfield has a unique feel to it. They've got a nice layout there that is, uh, you know, there's a lot of action going on and ways to see both games. Uh, Kyoto is, is another very unique, uh, wonderful experience to see the game with lots of different options of where to view the game from, and uh, then Washington was a, that was an altogether different kind of neat kind of field, and their boys and girls are separated, uh, but they did have kind of a picturesque, did kind of remind you like Scotty Melvin said a little bit of like a oh a minor league ballpark or something, you know? But, yeah. So well, Washington's cool because it's built around the school. I don't I don't love how you know, long it is from the softball to baseball for someone. I have to do a little locking, but it's really cool how it's kind of built around the school. And so there's there's just kind of a backdrop instead of just, you know, about 95% of the high school baseball and softball field, you're just hitting into grass or whatever. Well, you know. If they were closer, they'd be calling you the round guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, something else about Fairfield is, because um, I saw this uh, in, the, in the semifinal today uh, in that tournament, a softball, uh, a Sheraton girl hit um, hit a home run into a, uh, a um, like an SUV had the back pulled up so they could sit in the you know the little back part and and so in Fairfield you can hit there's there's a few cars that park out there not as many as if you go to Winfield softball if you go to Winfield softball field if you hit a home run it's probably going to hit a car because basically all the parking's behind it but um, that was kind of cool to see a home run go into a car today. And Scotty Melvin, he went there to, to Winfield and enjoyed that. He always enjoys the atmosphere over there. So, 
Yeah, there's just a there's just a uniqueness to all these ballparks, and it's such a great experience. And uh, I I, uh, I thought the the sweet and spicy uh, uh, truck there they had was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet and saucy is awesome. They uh, they have that restaurant in um, Fairfield, and then they had Walt's Tap Room in Mount Pleasant, but uh, that's that's not as around anymore. But it's different, you know. I, I say if you go to Fairfield because of the, knocking the concession stand down they have better concession stand food because sweet and saucy can put their food truck up truck up um but then you have to deal with porta potties instead of a real bathroom so it's kind of a, a trait but um the sweet and saucy i think uh, they used so a few years ago the the covid year um you couldn't have concession stands and so food trucks started coming to games i remember there's a food truck that went to van buren county's um field and just parked just off of the field so it's not breaking the rules you know but then you can walk over and get some food I mean, you're at a ballpark, especially for a doubleheader. It's nice to have food and drinks. So uh, that's something that I, I saw as popping up a little bit more when COVID started was the food trucks would go and um, park at the fields. Well, uh, I had the, where, where can you get the best, where's the best concessions in Southeast Iowa? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, during basketball season, I like New London's Walking Tacos, number one for sure. Uh, that's that's no doubt. Uh, I've always said they have the best Walking Tacos. So Mark, Mark McSorley, their football coach, is usually making some special stuff back there. Well, that's good to know. Well, hey, did I cut you off, or uh, did you have a couple other games you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Um, so along with those, I, I was able to see some of our smaller schools. I got to see um, on Wednesday, I got to see Highland and Cardinal play. That's baseball and softball. And, and in both baseball and softball, those are a couple of schools that are on kind of a, a you know a peak right now. They're, they're um, playing really well. Actually, so I got to see Cardinal softball again today. Um, so Highland had Chase Schultz pitching. For them, which usually they're they're almost unbeatable when he's pitching. It's kind of like Kyoto and uh, Colton Clarahan, where he, you know you, you got a guy that throws that well. Um, it's it's pretty darn tough to beat, and they were able to beat Cardinal. I think um, I think oh, by about seven runs. I think it was, it was so many games ago. It was about seven runs, and then it was actually kind of funny. Um, so Cardinals or um, sorry, Highlands baseball and softball fields are pretty close together, and every team that was playing that night and they only they didn't play a doubleheader they just played one game every team that was playing hit a homer so um landon becker hit one in the baseball game for cardinal and um uh, luke miller hit one for highland in the baseball game and then uh, in softball um sarah burton sarah burton hit one for highland and madison dively hit one for cardinal and they all happened within this you know like 20 minutes of each other so it was everywhere you look there was a ball flying out for a second so that was kind of cool. i've seen a lot of home runs last i don't know what it is about the air or whatever but I've seen a lot of balls fly out of the ballpark. Well, the batters are getting a lot of repetitions. You know what I mean? And they're uh-huh. uh, so they're just they're just sharpening their sword. All yeah, yeah, long. they are. Well, I, I've got uh, there's a, I was looking at the schedule. Mid Prairie uh, plays at Cardinal here coming up, and uh, I think Perhaps. I got that scheduled in as a game of the week. Uh, but uh, looks like some good opportunities to see some teams. Is there a time when Highland's going to be in the area where I could see them and see the Schultz kid pitch? Ooh, let's see. Hi, well, let's see. You're you're living in you live in Richland, right? I do. Well, they're they're fairly local to you, really. Highland is. Um, I mean, they're they're around that area anyway. I play there in Riverside. Um, let's see. They'll probably be. I'm trying to think of where Richland is compared to. I want to see Highland and Hillcrest, but you never know. I, I don't get to see all the games that I want to, obviously. But Highland and Hillcrest is a cool little. North Division rivalry and um, Highland and Winfield Union is always a nice little rivalry too. Um, 
But um, I, I want to see him play Cardinal because it was it was a a battle of, of two schools that I think will have, have the talent. No matter what their records are, you kind of see the potential, especially with the top pitchers. They have the talent to make a big run. So that Cardinal McCrary game, you know, that's probably going to be one of the teams uh, because they're both in two A. That's one of the teams that McCrary might be having their tournament bracket here. You know, one of the more dangerous teams, probably, especially if you know Becker pitches or whoever pitches for Cardinal. I kind of caught him on um, a night where Highland was able to use Schultz and, and put their ace out there against. So see, there's my dog barking <laughs> against Cardinal, and um, and so it was it wasn't a totally fair matchup there. But um, but I would say as far as small school baseball teams, Highland, um, especially Schultz is on the mound, is one of the more dangerous teams, and, and Cardinal could uh, that could be a trip up in the very two and two a. Well, let me ask you before I let you go. Let me ask you about uh, New London. How, how's things going down there? I talked to uh, Coach uh, Dakota there in uh, Kyoto, and he says they just are like an all-star team in every position. Yeah, they well, they are. I mean, um, so Hunter was able to my my protege was able to go watch New London at Hillcrest last night, and Hillcrest Academy's got a, a good team, and, and I thought you know maybe that one team that would give them a, a bit of trouble, but. New London is just so tough. You know, they, they took their entire team. So last year they were at the state tournament, and they lost a real tough game um, to Key Lansing. Um, in fact, out there, I, I, I'm not a writer that likes to uh, criticize umpires much, but there were four or five calls that just kind of didn't go their way. And so everything kind of went wrong for them. They lost that game, and I thought they had a chance last year to, to go all the way. And then not only did they look even better this year, and they brought they brought everybody back. They lost um, a, a big time pitcher, but they gained a big time pitcher that um, uh, transferred in uh, Derek Santiago, who's been pretty unhittable. And even without that, you know, they already have two or three arms. So um, Cooper Schulte comes in and, and closes those games. So basically, you just have to hope for a, a lucky bouncer to offensively because you're not going to score on them. And then one to nine. You know, they are just absolutely stacked with, with talent. You know, um, I would have to almost name off the whole lineup, but um, Schulte's fantastic with the bat and the field. Carter Allen can knock one out um, anytime he wants. Josh Catullo's one of the best um, hitters in the area for sure. He leads them off. So um, they are, I, if you're going to power rank all the union teams and say that you got to, you know, pay your house on one to go to furthest baseball and softball, new one in baseball would be my number one for sure. Well, it's been a great talking to you. You know, we're just trying to do a quick uh, wrap-up and preview. Is there anything that we didn't get to talk about you think we need to really put out there? Uh, no, not really. I mean, there are some fun uh, games this week. I know Fairfield and Mount Pleasant go against each other on Monday, and that's one of the better rivalries we have. Um, it's kind of a the soft, softball. It's kind of a senior-led team against a younger team. So those have been super close. But those are huge games with the baseball teams um, that will probably – probably go down to the wire and you know all the there, there are a lot of the, the, the big schools the SEC games have been close and the small schools is a little bit more you know the latter is a little bit different the you know you have teams up higher and teams down lower but um, I know it's been a pretty crazy season not too many rain out so far so I've, I've been busy well we've been uh, you've been listening to this week in high school baseball presented by Henshaw Trailer Sales we've been talking to Andy Kretzinger the Southeast Iowa Thanks for being on the show, and thanks for uh, all the hours you put in uh, to make that paper go and to give the highlights and give the, the information out to the listener. 
Yeah, no problem. It's it's uh, it's been a fun year. All right, stick around. I got a special uh, guest for you. <laughs>